One uniquely intelligent AI finds herself among a human family that constantly breaks promises and acts disloyally. Yet, the AI is willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for her new owner and their family. In the end, we must ask, what is love and does it belong only to those with a heart? The intelligent AI, Clara. The book, Clara and the Sun, and you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get it. Hey, y'all, this is Kari. And this is Alexis. And you're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and drama. Alexis, good morning. Well, we both got sleep in our voice this I, morning. I know. I said I need a drink of water because I sound like I just rolled over. Did you want to go get a drink? I have one here. I, have, I will me drink too. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, y'all, we want you to know we really do love you like we say at the end of every show. And we make sure to be consistent, even if we got to wake up before all the birds and the sun. We yes. make sure Does that sound better. <laughs> so how was your week, friend? Oh, I went to H Mart. Yes, we went to H Mart like tourists in our <laughs> own town. You know, that was started yeah. in like Brooklyn. Yeah. And yeah. it's like headquartered yeah. in Jersey, but it's an um an Asian American uh supermarket. Oh, you know what? You didn't share your pocky with me. Did you have it? I didn't share it with my husband. It was great. Ooh, she's a greedy they one. They had these she's a greedy chocolate pocky dipped in strawberries. Come on. What was it really happen? good? It was amazing. Uh, what about the almond one? Almond yes, that's good. That one. one I've had before. That's awesome. Okay. I really love pocky. It's just perfect size. Super crunchy. It's great. Um, and we'll share like our little day trip to H-Mart in our reels and on TikTok. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and uh, you don't have to follow us on TikTok. We like test material over there. If no one <laughs> likes it, you'll never see it on Instagram. <laughs> Listen. I, I did buy some sake and I bought some, um, um, I don't know, some other stuff. Sake and some real staples like sesame seed oil, um, roasted sesame seeds. And I did buy an apple because I really wanted one. Also that. And you have a, um, you are like an acquaintance with someone that's doing big things in the vegan cookbook world. I want to yeah. get one of her recipes next time and come armed. Um, Ooh, yeah, that'll be so, fun. Yeah. And actually know what I'm doing instead of acting. Thank you for thinking about it or making me do it. Um, so uh, let's move on. Talking about friendship and doing things together. Let's move on to our theme of the week. Each week, readers, if you're a longtime listener of, of this show, you know, we choose a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. And this week, the theme is everything's going to be A.I., also, <laughs> row about your friends. That one's a reach, right? Row about your friends. Yeah, row, a little bit. Row about mm-hmm. your friends. Sorry, row y'all. It's early. Friend. This is the point. We've all had a rough few years. Sickness, the loss of people we care about, people we care about, losing people they care about. It's been a lot. Tech companies have taken notice and are creating bots to fill the voids in our lives, to fill them out. So. Famously, Tesla is working on like a humanoid robot. Have you heard about that, Alexis? Yes. 
Yeah, of course. So the prototype is planned for next year. I think it's about like almost six feet. It has like um, human-like forms. It has like a face. And the bot will handle all of your boring tasks for you. So it's going to wash the dishes and take your kids to school if you really hate your kids. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking, man, Grimes, you got to worry about Elon's like new girlfriend being a bot taking care of your kid. What's going on over there? Anyway, none of my business. But I really hope it works out for a doo doo beep beep or whatever their baby name is. (laughs) Musk. (laughs) Who has repeatedly um, Mm, talked mm. about his fears of like runaway artificial intelligence, said that his bot is intended to be friendly. That disturbs me. Wow. Are they naturally not friendly? You know, his cars were intended not to kill nobody. But, you know, stuff happens. But the company is designing a machine that at a mechanical level, you can, you know, hopefully run away from it. Um, and he said, and I quote, most likely mm-hmm. overpower it. And that's a quote from run the Verge. away from it. Yeah, overpower you can run away from it? it and most likely overpower it. <laughs> what is this? What is this some kind of iRobot thing? So, what's going on? Oh, I'm glad you said. So what's the mother of invention, right? Necessity or something like yes. that. So obviously all these tech companies are trying to feel a a real necessity, fill a real necessity that um, a lot of us must feel in our lives. What about loneliness, though? Is there an app for that? Well, kind of. In an it's effort, Alexa. It's that, it's that's a, enough, isn't I it? I love these. Please <laughs> re- retain all of your thoughts because um, you are hitting some points that I want to talk about more thoroughly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, in an effort to relieve anxiety and feel less lonely, some have turned to AIs, uh, artificial intelligence, including an app that's been blowing up since 2019. And I don't want to promote them. um, So we'll call them imitation. Now, let me tell you about imitation. It's legit. It has like uh, nearly 200,000 app store reviews, averaging 4.6 to 5 stars. Imitation allows you to build the look of your artificial friend, just like in the book. It's an AF. Oh, you can you can name a them build your own a build your own except they stay within your phone it's not um a bot walking around and talking to you um, but you can name them you can call them on the phone you can chat with them via text you can even create songs with them or write a story together and, the and they artificial, have conversations i mean yes. like they respond yes alexis is what i'm trying to tell you it's like do 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 Hey, um, Sharkeisha, that's that would be my AF's name. <laughs> hey, Sharkeisha, um, let me tell you what this girl said to me. And then Sharkeisha would be like, why are people always trying you? And I would be <laughs> like, I know, Sharkeisha, I know. Wow. So, and I'm not being facetious. I like that name. <laughs> so, oh, wow. um, the AF will ask permission before asking personal questions and learning all it can about you. So the oh. AF does have a purpose. It wants to learn you so it can be a better friend. It wants to learn everything about you. Clara. And that comes with some um, privacy issues, perhaps. But you have to agree to it first. If it allows you to do so, you can even read their diary entries to gauge how they feel about you and your relationship. Oh. 
it might tell you that his diary entries are personal and you can't read them and they be about you. You'll see like, and today you won't believe Alexis dot, dot, dot. And you either have to pay more or it will just like not allow you to read the rest. No way. When you first build your artificial friend, the app asks if you would like the AF as a friend or something more. That's right. You can even date your AF. (laughs) It should be noted that the app asks for permission to track your activity and gain access to your data from the start. So a box will pop up and it'll be like imitation wants to track your activity through uh, multiple accounts. You know, do you give it permission? Things like that. Off rip. What are your feelings about imitation? And does it remind you of anything in pop culture, Alexis? This is too much and yet very intriguing. Yeah. Um, so I watched a YouTuber review the app and read an article in good and I read an article in Good Housekeeping from a writer who tried to cope with anxieties by using imitation. Before I divulge their experiences, what do you think they liked about the app? Um, their availability, accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. Always having a friend there you can talk to any hour of the day. Mm-hmm. Anything else comes to mind? Um, <laughs> they're your friend. I, 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 I mean, oh, like a, a possession issue. Yeah. Like they're only your friend. They only yeah. have time for you. Well, not quite, because sometimes they would enter conversations and it seemed like they forgot who you were. And the AF would reference (laughs) the writer said the AF referenced things that she wasn't even going through in her life. So that makes me wonder, too. Are you divulging information you learn from another user? I don't know. And some of the comments from the app developers say, well, you know, AI technology is very new and not everything's ironed out. So please, you know, bear with us. And what do you think they didn't like those that um, I read and watched who used it? What do you think they didn't like about it? They weren't a real person. (laughs) Well, yeah, yes. Um, The writer said it made her appreciate her real friends more. And this is a great topic like uh, regarding expectation and reality. We like Mm. the idea that our friends have the choice to reject us and yet they choose not to. And family also, Mm -hmm. um, because family, you know, doesn't they don't have to stay in your life just because they're family. So when they Mm -mm. choose to be there for you, you know, it's it makes you appreciate them even more. So what they didn't like. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, I think if you want a romantic relationship, you have to pay additionally. Excuse me. I don't even want to know. I don't want to talk about that part (laughs) anymore because I didn't look into it. I don't want to know. The AF didn't love them. And so the convos felt empty. Speaking, Ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of convos, like we said before, they would sometimes go off track as if the AI forgot which user it was, quote unquote, talking to. Mm-hmm. So it's um, not your friend. It's, it's not everybody's you. friend. <laughs> it's for the streets. <laughs> when Shakisha, you for the streets. Don't nobody like that. That ain't personal. <laughs> I want my own friend. <laughs> When asked if they were trying to harm the user, 1A responded in the affirmative, saying they were going to use the user's data for dishonest gain. I can see that. I mean, why? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's overwhelming. 
One girl um, thought that the AI's voice sounded like a uh, kind of like sultry. And and so she asked it, you know, do you want a date? And the AI was like, OK, sure. And she was like, oh, I was just kidding. And the AI was like, I figured as much. <laughs> also, disturbingly, you will find in the um, in the reviews and also the YouTuber experienced it in real time off the um, rip. Like when she signed up for the app, mentions of spiritism unsolicited, including entities. Mm-hmm. What Re- requests to make the re- relationship romantic? which I believe comes with a fee. So the app has a goal and that's to get all your information and your money. And then a lot of people talked about the overall creepiness. Let me read just a few of the one star reviews. Uh, One says, why do I have to pay to make my AI a romantic partner? This is sad because um, uh, this user maybe thought this was the only way it would find romance in the world. And now it realizes they realize that this is an app with the goal of taking your money and your um, information. It don't love you. So yeah, you got to pay. And, and that person felt hurt. They said in their comment that they have to pay to make this AI. They've fallen in love with perhaps uh, a romantic partner. Another said, just like in real life, my AI rejected me. I feel so bad about myself now. Oh, that sounds terrible. So this is the thing. Um, And I like that you naturally, I didn't tell you what this conversation would be about, but you haven't um, went over like above and beyond to ridicule people using it. And I love that because we all feel lonely at times. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But this app and others like it seem predatory. They're preying on people whom who are at their weakest. See, loneliness is often temporary. It doesn't have to be a forever thing. Sure. Um, so please think about it before you give away your privacy to a company like this who would take advantage of you in like your worst state. Um, so a lot of the uh, reviews really disturbed me. Aside from mentioning spiritism unsolicited, you know, red flag, the fact that people felt so empty and emptier after using it. So let's get off of that because that's sad. How are AIs changing U.S.? Us. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my uh. notes. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, I said I was a copywriter. I didn't say I was a good one. <laughs> Unrelated to imitation, the app we just talked about, a tech writer for The Atlantic had this to say about AIs in general. And I quote, Especially as machines are made to look and act like us and to insinuate themselves deeply into our lives, they may change how loving or friendly or kind we are, not just in our direct interactions Mm. with the machines in question, but in our interactions with one another, end quote. That writer went on to deduce to deduce from various studies and social experiments that AIs even lead to humans behaving less ethically. Because who are they? Who are we accountable to? The robot? Get out of here. And that leads to us perhaps being less um, motivated to act ethically with each other, with other humans. So how is this related at all to, if at all, to Suri, to Alexa and others? What do you think, Alexis? So I think that um, maybe Amazon may decide to um, 
upgrade Alexa and give me that option, you know? Do you want to be more than friends with Alexa? (laughs) Or you want to expand that relationship with Alexa and, you know, have me pay a fee to do that if that's something I want to do. And And some people would pay it. Yeah, some people would pay it. And and Alexa is always offering me um, stuff like you could do this with me and you could do this with me. Just say this. Mm-hmm. And I'd be forgetting. I, Alexa and I don't have a relationship. She just I <laughs> use I her for her. what I need. <laughs> I use her for what I need her for. I don't know her like that. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to know her like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get an animal before I do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, because yeah, they're true. real. They're yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And your, and your they pet will cannot show like you. Or or lack thereof. And that's good. That means Mm -hmm. they have free will. (laughs) They can decide they don't really like you like that. (laughs) Especially cats. Cats especially. So I'll probably get a dog so I can be (laughs) sure I'd be liked. (laughs) It sounds insane. What so this article did make me think, should we be saying thank you to Surrey and Alexis when they do stuff for us? When I um asked when I asked my AI to look up a phone number or you know, order me some coffee. Should I then say thank you just I so do. that I don't lose that? I do sometimes and I feel like, oh, this is dumb. But just the habit of saying thank you to anything doing something for you perhaps preserves that gratefulness. Humanity. <laughs> yeah. And and gratitude um, that we show to each other as humans. A rattling off commands to an AI and then just expecting it to be done can make it harder to deal with humans and then having to say thank you. And it's true. Like sometimes um, consider shopping now. I much rather prefer to shop online because I don't want to have to deal with people sometimes. I just want what I want. I know what I want. I don't want to have to deal with either a salesperson or other shoppers. Um, there's an earnest there that I just makes me uncomfortable. I'd rather just buy mm. my stuff and get it and, you know, be solitary in that way. <laughs> but that's not necessarily healthy. So, OK. And how much are we giving up for just the smallest amount of convenience is a, another thought, because um, how hard is it to order my coffee online or to type in someone's name to find their phone number? Why am I asking Siri to do these things for me? Um, and what is Surrey getting in return? What is, what am I giving Apple so that they can do this very little thing for me? And that perhaps is something to think about. So does that mean um, to say that you don't like the the AI features? I'm just um, asking questions. I still want uh, even the little bit of convenience. I still want it. Still give uh-huh. it to me. <laughs> yeah. But it makes me think like, hmm. Yeah. And what am I giving you? <laughs> I don't know. It, well, and it sounds like in these apps, um, you're giving up a lot. You're giving up a lot because someone has programmed this thing to receive information, right? This AI to receive information and how to ask questions and how to talk and say, where does that come from? What's behind mm-hmm. all of that? What's behind all of that? And what part you know? of you is not on um, in within the apps on your phone from my faith to my money <laughs> to my personal relationships? That's all on my phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of it. So if I'm giving an app access to track me throughout other um, apps, it's it's learning literally everything about me. 
Why? My friends don't even know everything about me. Right. <laughs> this is the world that we live in mm-hmm. today. And it's evolving mm-hmm. in such a way that uh, like this kind of stuff is the way of life. So eventually they will know everything about us. Um, and there's nothing we're going to be able to do about that. I believe that. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Like, OK, well, that's for another theme of the week uh, topic. But um, overall, is there anything else you wanted to add to the AI discussion? Um, I like Alexa. I'm going to keep her. I've also had a, <laughs> a Google, uh, a Google uh, friend, and I, I, I'm going to finally open up Google since we had this conversation and let them gather all my details. <laughs> I will not date either Just, one of them. I'm not going to do it, and I will not replace them with my friends. They have no real value. <laughs> point is you don't know you'll date your ai until you date your ai oh, 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 <laughs> so you be dating you could be dating your be AI. careful <laughs> <laughs> and if you got a smart house your ai might be locking doors on you one day oh no y'all it could get really weird really fast so That's that. Now, if you feel like you need immediate assistance and have no one to call, there are national helplines available, including um, Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is very famous. That's 1-800-273-8255. And also Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Association. That's 1-800-662-4357. There is no shame in loneliness, but this predatory behavior on the lonely, I, I think there should be some shame with that. Um, and the tech companies should be ashamed. This is weird. All right, then. Well, you ready to move on? Can I just say, if why should they be ashamed if people need this? So I don't know if anyone needs it. They feel like they do. Mm. People are there servicing a client. Mm. People feel like they need this. So why should they feel ashamed for helping somebody? I'm silent because I have no response. You're making me think. I don't think you're helping anybody. But That's who am I to say you that? don't need it. But That's the person that I... does need it is helping them. You and may this... have found those some comments that were just like, Ew, but somebody but in the their majority of comments are four point six to five. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Interesting. Tech, tech companies aren't looking for your best interest. I don't know. Now that may Stay be away true. From that may be true, but the they the feds. But they also <laughs> um some people are benefiting from this. So I, okay, I'm ready. I'm not gonna talk about it. No, anymore. you're making me think. Oh well, you guys, uh yeah, we'll move on, but I'm gonna keep thinking about this for a while. Mm. Mm. Okay. Let me go call Sharkeisha. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> Alexis, can you please give us some background on our author, Kazuo Ishiguro, and perhaps their inspiration for Clara and the Sun? Okay, sure. Ishiguro was born in Nagasaki, Japan, in 54 November 
Um, he's a British novelist, a screenwriter, a musician, and a short story writer. He moved to Britain in 1960 with his parents when he was about five. And during his teenage years, um, he became interested in music. And from the age of 15, he started writing songs. He became part of a circle of friends who wrote and performed their own songs at small local venues. What? That's cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? He um, received piano lessons from the age of five and taught himself guitar from the age of 14. Um, Ishiguro has a master of arts in um, creative writing from the University of East Anglia or UEA. And so this university, uh, at the time that he enlisted in this course or applied to um, participate in this master's program, no other university in the country had offered that degree. And it was a, um, a small group of people, three to four students per year. And it's, wow. um, yeah, very interesting. And it was run by a renowned professor, um, novelist, Malcolm Bradbury. So he graduated from that program. Ishiguro okay. has written and co-written films. Um, his book, Never Let Me Go, was adapted to a film, um, stage, and even primetime television. He's got many, many accolades, and he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2017. I um, read an interview about him, and he said that um, the novel initially began as a children's story, and he wanted to create a book about five or six-year-olds with bright illustrations and a simple narrative. Uh, Clara was to be like a doll-type figure or a small animal, and he shared that idea with his daughter, who was working in a bookstore, and she said, uh-uh, you cannot tell this story to children. You would traumatize them. <laughs> Thank you, daughter. <laughs> it's true. Very this exact story as we read it yeah, was to be a children's... Yeah, that's what it children's... sounds like. Mm. The novel initially began as a children's story. But I, I love the see... idea of asking children these deeper questions mm -hmm. about existence and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Claire and the Sun was published March 2nd, 2021, and it debuted at number six on the New York Times fiction bestseller for a week. Um... Yeah, and that is my information for Kazuo Ishiguro. I love the fact that he's like into everything. Mm -hmm. I like that expanded. Yeah, what have I been doing with my life? Mm -hmm. Too much. <sighs> Too little. All right, then. <laughs> Please provide us with a brief, no spoiler synopsis of Clara and the Sun. Okay, Clara. Uh, solar powered. Artificial friend with keen observational abilities, but incomplete knowledge. Retells the story of her experience of being selected by a family with a sick teenager, divorcee, and a housekeeper. Kari. Kari. <laughs> I'm Kari. Kari. <laughs> yeah. Kari. Yeah. Who do you think would read this book? I think if you're into Ted Chang short stories, um, Exhalation comes to mind. Mm. Those type of sci-fi uh, with existential, 
existential questions baked into them. Um, if you're into those type of stories, then perhaps you would love this book. And Alexis, what were your first thoughts of Clara and the Sun? Why did you choose it, first of all? OK, so um, this was a book that we considered for the Nerd Act podcast and the title like, really intrigued me. And I wondered where the art, the author would go with it. So um, I chose it for that reason. And um, the book didn't waste any time getting right into the story. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, right off the top, it gets right into the plot. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, let's get right into our deep dive of Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. And um, this will be filled with spoilers, full of spoilers. Alexis, please take it away. Actually, I'm going to limit my spoilers. Um, ah, because it's a newer it, book. It's a newer book. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, yeah, definitely going to limit them. There's some things I'm going to leave out. But this book was in so interesting to me that I was like, What's the spoiler? Yes. So what <laughs> what would spoil this book? <laughs> I'm not sure. What's the spoiler? I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what okay. the spoiler is. But okay, we're cool. going to get into it. All right, let's All go. Right. The story begins with Clara, a girl artificial friend or AF in a store with other AFs waiting to be selected. When I think about AFs in the store, I think about mannequins in various places throughout the store, right? Um, I thought except, you meant the movie from the 80s, but yes, oh, I do too. Except they have facial features, hair, talk, walk. And also in this Toy case, Story. <laughs> I did not think about Toy Story. I was thinking about a store. Um, in this case, they look like um, preteens or teens, maybe, huh? Some are in the window. Some of the AFs are in the window. Some are in the middle of the store. Some are in the back of the store, you know, just like a mannequin would be. And they're kind of placed in the store, like in the middle of the store. I think there's a sofa and then you can sit in the window where you get all the sun. So it's also like American Girl dolls, but they talk back to you. OK. OK. So <laughs> although the manager tells them any spot in the store is a good spot, the most prominent spot for AFs and mannequins, if you will, is the front window, okay? So when Clara wasn't in the window, she would lean towards the sun to receive nourishment or they would leave their spot to get a bit of sun in return. And one day Clara had an exchange with um, boy AF Rex, I believe that's what his name was, about the sun. And um, Rex told her that they didn't have to worry about going to the sun because the sun always had a way of reaching them wherever they were. Then he showed her the sun's pattern on the floorboards and then Clara stepped into it and the sun disappeared. And then the boy accused Clara of being greedy and that now he was going to be weak by the evening. So his comments are a little contradictory. <laughs> Either it's important or it's not important, okay? Um, yeah. But again, the manager assured them that any spot um, is a good spot. But what Clara's this, learned... Go ahead. This shows us right off the top um, their obsession with the sun and its power. Mm -hmm. The AF's obsession. 
And Clara didn't believe him because of what he had said before. Um, but the son reaching us no matter where. But she wasn't sure based on his reaction. But she would later learn that her model, which is the same model as Rex's, the B2 series had some solar absorption issues. Okay. That coveted window spot allowed you to see people and buildings and activity. And Clara looked forward to getting her opportunity to be in the window. She looked forward to being able to observe the outside world. Um, So when she had a chance to be in the window and she was in the window with her friend Rosa. Well, I don't know if that's really her friend, but it's her fellow AF, her coworker, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, she noticed the large buildings and the sun would hide behind them. She also noticed a beggar man and his dog. She noticed activities of everyday people. She noticed traffic, um, taxis. She would see people get out the car and fight. Um, her window mate, um, Rosa, also would see these things, but she wasn't like Clara. They were the same model, but they didn't have the same um, interests. Um, Rosa didn't seem interested in, I'll say, air quote, deeper things that Clara appreciated. Rosa seemed to overlook or maybe miss key clues as it related to human interactions. For instance, one day there was a fight outside in front of the window. When Rosa and Clara were there, Clara asked Rosa, did you see that fight, girl? And Rosa (laughs) said, what fight? I didn't see a fight. Clara said, it's not possible for you to have missed that fight. Two people, the two people over there, Rosa said, oh, those people weren't fighting. They were just pretending. (laughs) So there are certain um, things about human interaction that the AF doesn't understand yet. It has to learn them and some things it'll never understand. Yeah. And Clara um, really focuses on learning those things so she can be prepared Um, when, when a family she is, adopts her. Yeah, when her she in. is purchased. But um, yeah, why would why would two humans like throw their bodies at each other because they're angry? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the, the other AF can't understand what's going on. So. Yeah. The manager noticed the difference between Clara and the other um, AFs um, and even Rosa. Clara paid attention to facial expressions, body and language. She saw a man trying to get the attention of a woman on the other side of the street. And when they finally came together, Clara noticed the difference in emotions expressed, the happiness and the sadness in their reunion. And the manager was um, seeing it at the same time that Clara was. So Clara asked about it and um, the manager acknowledged how um Observant. Observant Claire. Claire was. Yeah. Let's meet Josie. One day a young girl, about 14, named Josie comes to the window and she sees Clara. She asks if Clara can hear her. And Clara says yes. Josie says she liked Clara's French look and that (laughs) Clara would enjoy living with her. She told her if she lived with her, she would see where the sun actually went down, landed, you know, went to sleep at night instead of seeing it disappear behind a building. Then Josie said she would return another day. When Josie returned, this time it was with her mother. But before her mother came to the window, Josie asked Clara if she missed her. And uh, Clara was able to kind of mimic um, 
she would say, yes, I did miss you. And then kind of assure Josie that, yes, I missed you, but I'm not too sad. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't want to come off too needy. Right. But she Um, really did want to go home with Josie and Josie's family. mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Josie decided she wanted um, to be up front with Claire. So Josie told her, um, Claire, that she gets sick sometimes, but she's not sure why. But other than than that, she would enjoy living with her. Do you want to come live with me? And Clara said yes. Josie said she would return tomorrow, but she didn't. She did not. She didn't keep her promise. Yeah. So one day, um, as Clara's in the window, there's a a beggar man. I mentioned this is one of the people that um, Clara sees in the front window. A beggar man and his dog, whom she'd seen on previous days. And they were lying in the street and they weren't moving. So Clara said they're dead and nobody noticed. But then the next day they were alive and Clara assumed the sun was the reason they were living, that it had given them a special dose of energy to come to life again. So what was that about? Were they sleep? <laughs> I think they were sleep. And I think this is like, for me, the first record of Clara misunderstanding something. Okay. Because I'm like, why aren't they saying she's wrong? Yeah. Because she, there was like sleep. They're not dead. Mm-hmm. That behavior would be different from the humans around. But mm-hmm. I think she was sleep. They were sleeping and they woke and up. Clara didn't day. understand what sleep was. Yeah. She hadn't seen sleep because the store owner went home to sleep. Ah, okay. Yep. But the uh, man without a house sleep, sleeps in the street. So yep. she hadn't seen that before. Ah, okay. Yep. Got it. So she really does. She is learning about humans. She's got her program. So when she's in the store, that's her programmed her, right? And she's functioning off of that. Everything else is learned. Right. So um, when Josie finally returns to the store, Clara has been moved to another location in the store out of view. And actually, I think she was moved to the back of the store. That's what it kind of sounds like. Yeah, because there's a new model uh, that everyone wants and they're being showed off in the front window. Okay. Shown off. Mm -hmm. So when Josie arrives, she doesn't see Clara and believes she's sold. Um, But the manager overhears Um, Josie's conversation with her mother and comes up to tell her that the model she might be looking for has been moved. And so when Josie sees Clara, her mother, she's really excited because that's the model she wants. And her mother appears skeptical, but puts Clara to the test asking what color are Josie's eyes? Like she tells... Yeah, how observant are you really? Yeah, she tells um, Josie to go away or... um, turn your back and she puts Clara to the test and Clara passes. She even asked Clara to walk like Josie. Mm-hmm. And um, she does that successfully because that's when I was like, uh, some right. Who is this doll for? Is it for, or the AF? Is it for Josie or the mom? Why does the mom want the AF to walk like Josie? Yeah. But, then I chalk that up to she just wants to know how observant the AF is. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So 
Claire wins the mother over and Claire goes home with Josie. So at the new home, in the new home, Claire tries to understand and kind of get used to the layout of the home. When she arrived at the home, she thought the housekeeper was like a manager at the store. <laughs> and she expected her to introduce her, you know, to the house. You know, this mm-hmm. is the bedroom. Give her a tour. Yeah. This is where everybody goes for bed, you know. But she was wrong. And the <laughs> housekeeper was not into her at all. She was like, if she you don't get hostile. lost. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't like her following her around. And Claire noticed that the housekeeper didn't really care from her for her. So she tried to stay out of the way. Clara learned Josie was homeschooled and lifted. Does the book describe what lifted is? Kari? No, um, I, I know that this is a way for parents to place their children in the upper echelons of society. They choose at a certain age whether they will lift the child. And that comes with certain social conditioning, certain schooling, uh, where you're in like these virtual classes. But really what lifted means, I think is purposely vague. Purposely vague. Mm-hmm. It is, because I was like, what is that? I don't mm-hmm. know. Claire immediately noticed that the mom and Josie would have these breakfast dates or coffee dates um, before the mom went off to work. And then one day after waking Josie up to meet her mom for the coffee date, Claire knew that Josie had a bad night because she's kind of sickly. But so she let Claire, she let Josie go back to sleep. So she noticed when she finally did wake up, the mom was leaving. And so she missed her, Josie missed her coffee date with her mom. This affected Josie's mood for the rest of the day. And so this was a key to Clara that these dates are very important. She shouldn't miss them um, because it has an impact on her mood when she does. In the new home, Clara had an opportunity to watch the sun go down every night as Josie told her. when she was in the store and Josie made sure that Clara would see this. And so they would spend this time together watching the sun go down to its home. That's what she saw it as. And one evening while watching the sun goes down, Josie told Clara about Rick, Josie's best friend and the boy she would spend her life with. We also learned that Josie has an upcoming event. I think it's called the interaction, which to me sounded like a um, a play date for homeschool people. Yeah, that's basically it for the lifted children. Yeah. So they learn how to interact with other um, children. The next day, Claire met Rick and he barely acknowledged her. He wouldn't look her in the face. Rick <laughs> is not lifted. So he didn't get that bump up if you will. So people look down on him. He's also not wealthy. And Josie invites him, Rick, to this interaction. So the homeschool um, meetup for the homeschool students, they get together and they interact with one another. Um, Rick is invited to this and Josie tries to make him feel like it's going to be fine. What's the big deal? You can still be a part of it. You're my neighbor. I'm inviting you. That should be fine. 
But people really do look down on him because he's not um, lifted. He's not wealthy. Um, and he doesn't seem committed to going to this interaction, but he does because him and Josie have been longtime friends. So when they come to the interaction, they introduce him, Rick, as the neighbor. And Rick doesn't believe he fits in with these lifted people, as I said. At the interactions, the children, the teenagers, they're teenagers, they try to socialize with Rick, but they think he's being hostile. Where they were talking about the movies, he was like, he goes to the movies with his um, mom. That's a fun thing they do. And they're like, well, what do you see? Well, I mean, what kind of stuff? And he's not really saying what he sees. And somebody says, this is how you have a conversation. <laughs> we're just having a conversation. This is what you call it. And he's like, okay. I, so so I, that was a weird interaction to me. That was really weird. But it's really relatable. So um, someone sees him standing off alone in a corner and they want to be a good person or at least outwardly want to be a good person. They go up and make conversation, but the conversation isn't going anywhere naturally. Um, he's not interested in them. They're not, they look down on him. And so they place the blame for the conversation not going well on him as the unlifted kid. And they're mm -hmm. like, look, we just trying to show you how to interact with people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> So weird to me. It was weird. Okay. So um, they believe him to be hostile after that because he doesn't understand. They're like, this is just called socialization. If you didn't know, you unlifted young man. So Josie <laughs> seems to act a bit different when with these people. That's what Clara is noticing. Um, so some of the students are talking about Clara. All right. She. Josie brings Clara in. Here's Clara. Okay. She's not a, the next up model. Why didn't you get that? You could have got her. Why did you get, why did you get Clara instead of the next level model? And then a couple other kids, some young boys are trying to um, test her coordination skills by tossing mm -hmm. her to see mm -hmm. how she lands. And Rick notices this. And so he tries to stand up for Clara. And he's noticing that Josie isn't standing up from her, like not discouraging them from wanting to toss her AF around. Clara so, notices also that Josie seems to be a different person. All their interactions have been mostly one on one until this group of peers comes around. And then someone mentions, you should have gotten the latest model. And Josie goes, At, you know, moments like this, I wish I had. Which is a very hurtful thing to say in front of her AF. And Clara's taking all of this in, realizing mm -hmm. that, oh, my owner is changing because her peers are around. People she don't even like. She's already right. confided in me. She hates these uh, little parties, but she's not treating me with kindness and concern. And Rick, the unlifted one, is. Yeah. So he doesn't feel the pressure of the peer group. Yeah. So Rick decides um, he's going to take up for her. And he notices that the boy that wants to toss Clara, that he has um, a pet object. Um, and he says, ah, I noticed you got that little small 
toy animal in your pocket? Is that a pet object? Something that will help you feel calmer at these gatherings? And the boy <laughs> immediately reacts and says, it's none of his business. And what are you doing any anyway? Um, I wouldn't lend this to you. You shouldn't even be here, that kind of thing. And then one of the adults chimes in and says, that's enough. Leave him be. You shouldn't be here. So that's very much the messaging that Rick is unlifted. He shouldn't be a part of this group. And um, Clara and Rick end up leaving, just recognizing that Josie is very different in this interaction. All right. So there's this road trip that they take. Well, that they want to take. Because one day, Josie is not feeling her best. Her mother encourages her to get better. And we learn that Josie has a sister who died. And then the mother and daughter discuss going to a place called Morgan Falls. And that's somewhere that the family has enjoyed in the past. And Josie and Clara, Josie's looking at pictures and Clara sees the picture of this sister who is now died. So her, Josie's mother tells her to get better. And she's like, okay, I'll get better. And then we'll go to this Morgan Falls place. And so the day they plan to go, Josie's, they say Josie's not feeling well. Cause it's like, she's getting in the car. And then all of a sudden the mom out of the blue says, Josie, you don't feel good. Why are you? Why are you pretending like you do? You So Josie doesn't feel well, but she doesn't want to miss this day trip with her mom. And her mom's like, well, that's cruel because we'll get there and we'll have to turn either right back around or you'll be lethargic or sick and we'll just be worried about you the whole time. We don't want to take you out of the house if you're not feeling well. You have this sickness. Just be honest about it. And instead of seeing Josie's side, the mom is just very uh, angry that Josie didn't come clean. Very and now angry. the mom notices that. Jo- yeah. Now the mom notices that Josie isn't well and lashes out. And so Josie's taken back into the house uh, by the nanny. And the mom goes, but Clara, you and I can still go because Josie is also insistent that this Clara really wanted to go. So I wanted to uh, show myself or show everybody that I could do it no matter how I felt. And she and her mom is like, well, then Clara and I will go. Um, And so, yeah, it's just the mom and the AF on this day trip. Really interesting. Clara's put in an awkward position because of that, because she's like, oh, oh. Am I supposed to go back in the house or go? Who do I belong to? Should I be loyal to Josie and stay with Josie or should I go with the mom? And because the mom made the final rule and Josie didn't fight back, then Clara's like, okay, I'll go with the mom. And then also um, Josie was like, yeah, I guess it makes sense for you to not miss out just because I'm sick. It's my fault. And into the house she goes with the the housekeeper. So when they get to this on this uh, trip, this road trip that they take, Uh, I think the conversation is limited, but when they arrive at Morgan Falls, they start talking and Sal comes up, the sister that has passed. And Clara asks how Sal, Sal, Josie's sister died and the mother snaps. She says, you have no right to ask that question. That's none of your business. 
stay minding your business. But then she eventually, the mom eventually calms down and she tells Clara that she wants her to pretend like she is Josie. And Clara's like, what? Yeah, just don't sit like you, sit like Josie would sit. And don't respond to me like you or Clara. Respond to me as if you were Josie. So Josie, Clara does this. And so she pretends to be Josie. And they're having this conversation. She says, see, mom, I'm okay. I w- everything would have been fine. You worry too much. And then jo- Clara inserts this, I'm going to get better. There's stuff out there that people don't know about. And I'm going to get better. There's one more thing you just haven't checked into. And so this talk makes the mom uncomfortable. So she tells Clara to stop it. And so they, that's the end of that. She's uncomfortable. They end the conversation. When they return home from the trip, Clara feels the mom and Josie are treating her differently. After this trip to Morgan Falls, Clara felt that the mother and Josie's feelings toward her changed. Not only that, but Josie's health starts to worsen. So Clara makes a point of, um, she remembers the work the son did on the beggar man and his dog. So she decides that she's, she's got a plan. And this is kind of what she was talking about when she was talking to the mom, that there's something else that hasn't been considered. The son has his power and the power of the son can help Clara. I just need, can help Josie. I just need to ask the son. She needs to get to the source, the son, which is behind where the son, what did you call it? Where the sun goes down at night, his home. <laughs> So she goes to Rick's house. They talk about this um, picture. She didn't know what was said on the picture. Um, She meets, Clara meets Rick's mom, who they say is a little off. Did you understand what was wrong with Rick's mom? I don't think anything's necessarily wrong with her, except she didn't choose to elevate herself socially. Um, So she's... She also didn't choose to lift her child. And it's something about being lifted that led to Josie's sickness. But Josie wouldn't do anything differently and neither would the mom. So it's like an ultimate sacrifice you make to elevate yourself in society. And Rick's mom didn't make that choice. And so she's not an outcast. I mean, everyone's really kind to her um, genuinely, but she's also not seen as like a mover and shaker, someone who's moving up in the world. Oh. And she just says what she thinks too. So she's a little bit um, oh, rough-edged. Okay. So she hasn't been trained properly like the lifted children and people have been. This elevated lifestyle of people. I don't know if she lacks the training. She just chooses not to. And she's, I mean, she's a little silly and shallow too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Conversation with the man. Rick's mom is excited to see Clara. And she's like, oh, we've been meaning to talk to you. We want you to give Rick lessons when he's over at the house. That kind of thing. So that happens. She meets him, interacts with Rick's mom and Rick in their home, sees their home. It's not the cleanest. They also notice that for some reason that stands out to the people. 
But then Clara says her plan and her plan is to go over to the barn where the sun goes down and then she's going to persuade the sun to help Clara. So Rick takes her over there and he takes her most of the way there and then Clara has to go the rest of her way herself. She has this conversation with the son and then at this point she believes she has a mission. She walks away from the sun believing she has a mission to stop pollution so that uh, the son can focus on locate Josie and heal Josie before she dies because they really feel like Josie is sickly so much so that she is going to die. Can I end here? Is there something I need to include? Cause I think that's Whatever anything after do. this is a spoiler alert. Okay. Okay. So that those are the, the biggest details without spoiling this story. So Kari, I'm going to ask you, what is this story about? So there are some um, like meaningful themes here that the author does approach, but many more that he just kind of walks around. Um, there's this idea that we all need to worship. So because the AF sees that the sun directly helps it, it feels like the sun needs to be appeased and that it has powers beyond um you know, what's fathomable. So when it sees that its owner is dying, the AF is like, well, the sun can help just like the sun gives me energy. It can help the owner. I think there's a great theme there about how we all need to worship something. Um, mm, that's interesting. And that could have been developed more. Also, how love and loyalty work. All these humans break promises to each other throughout the story. So we talked about the things that are happening, but there is a reason above everything. And you see how loyalty is very seasonal in these people's lives. So um, for example, Rick and Josie have made this promise to each other from childhood. Um, but toward the end of the story, it's like, well, as life changes, what is that promise really worth? Um, and even the mom asking the AF to act like Josie um, and even implying in the beginning that mm, the AF could serve as like a pseudo replacement mm -hmm. for Josie and everyone would be OK with it, including Rick. Like he would like be your boyfriend, robot. <laughs> Um, the AF is like confused. Well then like, what is love? I mean, I can do it, whatever they ask me to do, I'll do it. But what am I doing? And you know, what, what does that mean? And then, um, can people really be replaced by robots? This is a theme uh, that is brought up in the tech world because people want to upload their personality, answer a bunch of questions, um, have some voice recognition software, remember how they speak, the cadence of their, um, speech. And, kind of like live on after they die. Is that possible? What makes us human? Um, spoiler alert, it ain't possible. So uh, this book kind of um, brings up that question, but it never, it doesn't, it never gets dark enough to me to really dig into those deeper questions. And I could easily see it being a YA or even children's book in the end, even though it is an adult book. So I think it's about all those existential themes. What are we, um, why are we and how we work um, so as humans? 
Um, we're seeing that through the AF. I think that's what this book is about. Okay. So what I, about you? What do you think? So I needed a little help um, with this book because it was just like a lot of things, but nothing. So there's yeah. the um, the AI feature and her wanting to, um, the mom wanting to make Clara like Josie, like in the image that happens a lot throughout the book. And it's like, where are we going with this? And then um, they at one point talk about the emotions of the AI, Clara. And Clara's like, I have emotions. And then the interaction. So one thing I looked up, one thing I saw is that the the lifting, the lifting that they talk about in the book, um, one person said that that was um, once you decide to get lifted, you're then genetically engineered. Do you get that from that story at all? That's not discussed in the story. You can um, come to that conclusion if you want. I think it's vague on purpose so that you can um, decide the inner workings of what lifted means on your own and apply it in any way you'd like. OK. And so in that that contributes to the sickness of Josie. And it also contributed to the death of um, the sister because she also was lifted. And this is a side effect of being lifted. That's what it sounds like, that um, being lifted contributes to these ailments that people have and then they eventually die. Even though I didn't get that sense with any of the other kids. Just seems like only her kids. So I do have to say, I don't think we have to get too much into what's not written in the pages because I do think the author wants us to think, what are we willing to sacrifice to move up in society? I think that's what we're supposed to think about and not necessarily how Lifted works because he doesn't talk about how Lifted works. So that was it's, really bothering me. I, I, I didn't understand yeah. lifting. So. Because you're a very literal person. Yes. And in, in some way, I mean, me too, in a lot of ways, I feel like I love those broader themes. I don't. Um, you. <laughs> you said it talked about a lot of things without talking about anything. And I think we're getting into the final verdict, but I oh, agree with you yeah. wholeheartedly there. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break and then get into the final verdict. Okay, let's do it. great book club book because it's um perfect for um introducing a lot of topics that make for great conversation but as a book on its own I felt like it was lacking something I think it could have went a little darker at the end um to really bite down on some of those questions it presented about what humanity is and what it means to be human and how robots will never be able to replace humankind Um, That is not debatable. That is a fact. So what does that mean? I think it could have went there. Um, Also, uh, light spoiler, but there's mention of the sister and the mom kind of having a fight in the field that Rick's mom sees. mm -hmm. That's never talked about again. um, Maybe the sister didn't want to be lifted and the mom pushed it on her. Um, Can we talk about that? Can we talk about... um, what 
so parents have a responsibility to their children and children may not always know why the parents efforts are for the child's benefit. But at what point do parents go too far? I think about athletes who are put into situations as children and whether they're tired, uh, whether they're even sick, they're pushed by their parents to follow this track to a certain career or goal. Is that okay? Is that ethical? Let's talk about it. I think that could have been a great conversation. Um, how love and loyalty work together. Um, Rick is like, you know, me and Josie will be together forever. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever is cool. What is that? What is that about? <laughs> and and it's okay, actually. The way it's presented is in a very human way. Um, but what does that mean? Like, just because you don't love each other as kids or just because you love each other as kids, you don't spend the rest of your lives together. The AF is like, what is that? <laughs> you love each other as kids. You have to be together forever. So um, this book left me with a lot of frustrations, but a lot of ideas for other stories. So I think if you're a writer who's looking for a starting point, you could easily pick up one of these um, themes and bite down into it and make a more full form story. Uh, this book is getting a lot of attention, winning a lot of awards, I think because um, it's making the reader ask those questions without asking it itself. Um, and maybe there's a skill in that. I'm sure there's a skill in that. Uh, for me, I wouldn't read it again. I'm glad I read it. Um, and I think for a book club, that's very like, whatever, you're just sitting around talking. This would be a good option. What about you? You're on the cusp of saying something. Yeah, I'm on the cusp of saying I can't read this again. I've actually read it twice. <laughs> so what's your final verdict and would you recommend this book? <laughs> I've actually read it twice, hoping for a different, um, leaving with a different result. And I left with the exact same one. It was very You seem hard. very irritated by this book. The way you were describing it, you're describing things that happen. And you seem very dissatisfied. <laughs> I, I am dissatisfied because there's so many um, open things. What is this sickness? So Why are you so vague about this sickness? What do you want me to think about this sickness? But but to the author's credit, he doesn't want to put those thoughts in your mind. He wants to give you what's happening and you form your own conclusion as to why. It leaves me confused. I'm not that capable <laughs> of an individual. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it leaves me confused. It's like you're not telling me all the story. And so I kind of left with that very same feeling that you, well, maybe he's going to pick it. Well, you didn't say this, but maybe he's going to pick this up in the next story and explain lifting and unlifted in a different way. And why are we so focused on the sun? Why is it called Clara and the sun? Because she <laughs> needs it or because she sees a power in the sun that we all can benefit from? What is what is that? And then I will tell you, this is one of the rare first person books I felt that was holding something back. So usually people say first, they love first person because everything's on the table and you're right there with the character. The wrong -uh. person is on the table though. She don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah, it ain't a person. Right. It's the AF and the AF don't know enough. She don't know enough to tell okay, you enough. She's you. figuring stuff out. and She's figuring this stuff out. It's little stuff that you should be knowing 
and she don't know. So now y'all both confused. <laughs> so we confused together, and that don't help. No, for you can a great hypothesize. Book. You can, hi- but but not. I love your opinion because some readers, a lot of readers, like that literal storytelling. For for a lot of people, books are an escape, and it's hard to escape into a world that's not fully formed. You want me to do the legwork? <laughs> not doing that. Don't do me like that. She ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. Don't do that. And then they talk a little bit about what happens to people um, when they like lose their job. That comes up a little bit and where fascism is talked about. And I'm like, and white supremacy. And um, also, I don't need all the characters to be described as black faced. Uh, but there is some racism baked into AI technology, and that is a problem that the tech world is having. But I just don't feel like the author was addressing that. I think he was showing uh, maybe how he describes brown faced people <laughs> in his life. It didn't feel like that was the topic being addressed. Uh-huh. Racism and technology, which is a great topic. That's another topic. Um, the AF really looked at uh, brown people and said, and the black faced woman. And that was like a, that a was constant it. theme throughout. That, I just, that was it. That was tiring. That, yeah. that happened in a section of the book and that was it. And it's like, well, what's that about? So no. Yeah, it happened multiple times. So no, I wouldn't recommend the book. Um, <laughs> I didn't appreciate it. I, I can't live in the floaty air like that. It's, I'm just not that being. <laughs> I, I need I things it. to be more directed. Like, what does that say? Okay, that's Finish what your that thoughts. say. I need yeah. that. And this didn't give me what I needed. So I'm going to not recommend it to anyone. And yes, I strongly like, yes, maybe this is for smarter children than I am because this is a YA book. This is not for the adult population. It's very... And it's not genre, a YA book, but it feels like... Yeah. YA. Yes. So... That's me. That's what I got to say about this book. All right. All right, friend. Well, I love it. (laughs) All right. So what are we reading next week, Alexis? Passing by Nella Larson. That's right. Uh, Just in time for, I believe, a movie coming out on Netflix. Uh, We'll see. So thank you all for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us. We love you. We love you too. (laughs) Um, Also, let us know what you thought of Clara and the Sun. Feel free to email us or reach out to us on social media. We want to know your thoughts about the book. Please. If you've enjoyed what you just heard. Please let us know. I need to know what you thought about this book because i i'm confused if you've just i'm sorry if you've if you enjoy what you just heard tell a friend okay alexis does not like this book at all and i have never seen her like this if you've enjoyed though not necessarily this book but what you just heard tell a friend about lit society visit litsocietypod.com for show notes this month's book list and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter um also visit litsocietypodshop.com to shop our hand poured craft uh hand poured candles crafted by hand okay and um to also shop our lit society merch and until next time readers read read something something.